Just lift up your eyes and see what's happening here right now. It's huge. It's exciting in one sense for the church because the answer is Jesus Christ and we know that. There's a majority out there in Australia who have no idea what an answer is to this. We haven't. Amen? So lift up your eyes. It's cool. David was a little shepherd boy. He was the youngest of eight brothers and he was tasked with looking after sheep. His nation, Israel, was at war with the Philistines and they had this giant champion who was spreading fear amongst the whole nation. Sound familiar? He gets sent by his dad. Here, take these cheese sandwiches up to your brothers. So he rattles his way up to this battle. He's probably about 14 years old. This Bible calls him a ruddy little boy. And he runs up there and he looks around and I can imagine what he saw. Confusion, anxiety, fear. They didn't know what to do. Can anyone beat this guy? Is this the end? Is this the end of Israel? Oh my goodness. What's going to happen? Wow. He overhears these guys, these soldiers speaking. Do you know what the king's actually going to do? For the guy who kills that giant? They're going to have untold riches. They're going to let him marry his daughter. And his family will live tax-free forever gets David's attention so much so he runs over and says what will be done for this guy and they explain it to him at that time his brother Eliab sees his little brother snotty nose little brother so what are you doing here and what where are those sheep you're meant to be looking after and I love David's reply verse 29 of 1 Samuel 17 what what am I doing now what's wrong now what is there not a cause? Wow. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with... What have I done? Isn't there a cause? John chapter 18 verse 37 says this. Pilate therefore said to Jesus, Are you the king then? He's being trialed, right? Are you the king? Pilate's thinking that Jesus is going to run a riot. For um, Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into this world. That I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is, in, is of the truth hears my voice. For this cause I was born. For this cause I have come. Is there not a cause? You know what? There's so much to love about our world. I love the time in which we live. I often think of my grandfather who died in 1999, died on his 92nd birthday, he did. He would have loved this life. He would have loved the internet. He would have loved Zoom. He he would have loved that. He would have thought it was great, you know, and all the technology, he would have loved it. We live in the greatest time. Do you know that extreme poverty has halved in the last 10 years? 15.7% down to 7.7% in the world. In 10 years, we live in a great time. Do you know that infant mortality has plummeted and is continuing to plummet? 
to a point where I think in the 60s, Australia, 124, 24 in every thousand babies died uh, up until the age of one. Now it's like 4.3 or 4.2 or something in Australia. We live in fantastic times. We live in a time where medical breakthroughs are happening so regularly. In fact, I heard that there's three guys up in Queensland who have found, they think they've found the cure to the COVID-19 virus. And um, it's got tested on a bunch of animals and then tested on some real guinea pigs, humans, and um, see whether it works. But that's amazing. So quick. Technology doubles every six months now. We live in the greatest time. Do you know in the early, early 20th century, it doubled every, you know, something like every 50 years or something like that. But now it doubles every six months. We live in probably the greatest time in history. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of it. We could access parts of the world, where well, we could up until this week, access any part of the world, where you can experience really whatever you want in this world. It's never been like this before. But in the same time, human slavery has never been more widespread. There's more slaves in the world today than there ever was. Did you know that? Child slavery is huge and it's, it's out of control and, and even though there's great measures being done, we're, we're really not seeing much in the way of stopping it yet. But we will. Violence is huge. Family breakdown continues to increase in our world. Cases of violence against women especially. You know, one woman in Australia dies every, every week by someone, killed by someone she knows. This is in this time in which we live, people. Suicide, rate, suicide rates are terrible. Eight people will kill themselves today and six of them will be men in Australia. This is the world in which we live. I, I love the world in which we live, but there's something wrong in the world in which we live. State of people's um, well-being, state of people's health, state of people's mental health has never been at more risk than what it is in our world in which we live. See, we live in a world of paradox, you know. It's never been easy to communicate, but there's more lonely people in our world. We've become incredibly automated. I can go to a little window and ask for a feast for my family and get it within two minutes. And yes, I'll have fries with that. <laughs> but yet we are so stressed out and busy and time poor. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? We've never been wealthier, but yet statistics tell us that we have less contentment and happiness than we did in generations before us. Wow. We're so wealthy that we have to have three bins now. I used to fascinated filling one, which we used often as cricket stumps. Just one little galvanised iron one. And, but we're so rich now, we need three. We live in this paradox world, which is yet so amazing, but we have challenges. I don't think our problem, especially where we live, is so much poverty, but brokenness. I don't think our problem is being poor, but being poor in spirit. I think that's more the issue. 
Don't get me wrong, I, I, I love our society, but I look around and I ask, why? Why? Something's got to change. Something's got to change. Back to Jesus in front of Pilate. Jesus was thrust into a society which was being ruled and dominated and occupied by the Roman Empire. His world, his, his people were oppressed. And they were hoping that the Messiah would come and he would fix everything. He would set those Romans straight and he would put Caesar where Caesar needs to be put. Don't worry, he's going to come and do that. And they believed for this Messiah. And this little baby was born and grew up and, and started doing these miracles. And finally they realized, you're the guy. You're, you're the guy. Whoa, come on, let's get the swords out. But that wasn't the strategy. And that's why Pilate asked that question. So you're a king then? So you're a king? I want to know, are you rising up against us? Looking for a reason to kill him because that's what Rome was like. And Jesus said, my kingdom's not of this world. Buddy, you can't see why I'm here. You can't see it. It's different. I want to tell you that kingdom still, you can't just see it. It's not something where all these things get answered because the answer to these things is much more than just seeing poverty gone. Don't get me wrong, I'm a big one of getting rid of poverty. I really want to, I want to see people set free. But I don't think feeding more people does that necessarily, although we will continue to feed more people. The answer is he. Jesus actually said this, for this cause... I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness of the truth. It is the truth that sets people free. I can't wait for that vaccine. It's going to be pretty cool. Panthers start winning games and they stop the football. My goodness. But you know what? The vaccine's not the answer. The truth is what sets people free. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Jesus didn't come with a weapon. He came as a weapon. Like that? That'll go on a t-shirt. He came as a weapon. This morning, I want to talk about lift up your eyes and see the cause. Because I think everyone has a cause. And I'll go as far as to say that everyone needs a cause. I want to be a person who lives with a cause. I don't want to lose the cause. I remember sitting down with a young man once, and as a youth pastor, we used to talk about the generations a lot. It would shock you, I suppose. And we talked about, can you see the generations that are coming? Can you see them? Many of them aren't born yet, but can you still see them? Can you see a generation rising up that will change the world? And I still believe God is doing that. Hence, we went to Bathurst and we're doing it here and we're seeing great youth rise up within our own churches. And I remember saying it and I remember um, a whole army of young people caught a cause. It was amazing. Many years later, I'm by myself in this amazing church. I'm having lunch down at the plaza and at Penrith, and I ran into one of these young men. I was part of the team. 
And I knew that he'd actually stopped going to church. So I thought, oh, I'll have a chat to him. What's going on, mate? He said, oh, my life's just dead. I don't want to do anything now. I don't want to go to church. There's no purpose in going to church. I remember turning around and I said, mate, can you still see the generation? He began to cry. Then I started blubbering because I'm just a mess. He said, Rick, I can't see any generation. He stopped looking for the cause. This morning I want to ask you, what's your cause? What is your cause? Because first thing is this, I want you to listen, you need to have a cause. It is the cause that gets you out of bed in the morning. It is a cause that makes you pray when you need to pray. It is a cause that says no to what can devastate your life and yes to what can bring greatness into your life. It is a cause that does that. We talked about King David, the young boy. Later on, he became king. Great king. He had so many victories because he relied on God, not his own things, you know. He understood the power of the cause. Then one day, I think it's 2 Samuel chapter 11, I think it is. And it says this, in the springtime, when kings go off to war, David stayed in Jerusalem. He's the king. He's meant to go to war. He's meant to go to the cause. There was a cause for him to fight, but he decided to stay in Jerusalem. One of those nights, it's a balmy night, he goes walking on the rooftops, looks over at Uzziah's house, and on the rooftop there's a young lady, his wife, bathing. Something strikes him. Wow. Long story short, I hope you know the story. He commits adultery, gets found out, so he, or risks getting found out, so he kills the husband, has him murdered. How does a guy who says, how dare that Philistine defile the armies of the living God, turn into a, we better kill this guy, get me out of trouble. He lost his cause. He stepped away from his cause. He forgot the cause. What's your cause? What is it? Please tell me it's more than clicking like on Facebook. Please tell me it's more than just, oh, I'm going to hold that a bit longer and turn into a heart. Remember Coney 12? Do you remember Coney 12, uh, 2012? Coney, this mongrel over in Uganda, is it? Stealing children, putting them in armies. And the whole world rose up again. And do you know what? I liked it. Do you know he's still at it? He hasn't been stopped. Probably increased. Because the trend, it's not trending anymore, so it can't be real, right? Our cause has got to be more than just what happens in our, on our screens. So easy just to like something. Oh, I like that. That'll make a difference. No, it won't. No, it won't. Have you noticed all the elections, all the, all the opinion polls have been so wrong? That's because of these little thumbs. Oh, I like that, like that. Everyone thinks, yeah, that's... Because it's not a real cause. It's not a real cause. Tell me your cause is more than making money and being happy. Because that's not the cause of a church. The cause changes lives for eternity. That's what the cause is. The cause is the truth. I'll tell you now, I'm sorry, but happiness is not the truth. It comes and goes. Wholeness is much better than happiness. Let me tell you. It gives your life purpose. It gives your life direction. I'll tell you what. You may be old in age, but when you've got a cause, you never grow old. 
You keeps you young, it keeps you vibrant, it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's difficult, sometimes you've got to fight, but you fight because you've got a cause. You see, without a cause, you give up the fight. It doesn't matter anymore. Can't see the generations anymore. You lose what you're actually on planet to do. But when you've got a cause, you know why you're here. You walk differently because you know what your life exists for. The whole world will stand aside for a person who knows where they're going. I'm telling you now. And when you've got that cause, you know where you're going. You've got something about you. Do you know, I just realized this when I was driving home from Bath last night. Our world right now needs people with cause all over it. It needs it. Your workplace needs someone with a cause right now. Anything that exists for itself will ultimately die. Don't exist for yourself. Exist for a greater cause. And you'll find life. You attach yourself to Jesus' cause. My goodness. The old saying that many of us have heard, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Good old David. At the end of this life, I want to know that I live for a cause greater than myself. And the ultimate cause the truth of the, of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Wow. So you need a cause. But can I tell you, the broken of this world need you to have a cause too. Every, <clears throat> sorry, we are carriers of the truth. Do you understand that? When you understood about the kingdom, when you received the gospel, when Jesus Christ came to your life, you have an understanding of what truth is. You didn't join a club, you were born again. That means truth entered your life. You are a carrier of the truth. But I can't tell you, without a cause, that truth stays within you. It doesn't spread. It's like doing an elbow tap. It doesn't spread. Well... We're elbow tapping people everywhere. Our world is craving truth. Caesar turns around, I'm sorry, Pontius Pilate turns around, Jesus said, I've come to the truth. His answer is, well, what's the truth? What is truth? You know, the world's looking for something which is true. And we have the truth. And without a cause, we just sit there with our... We just talk about everything that happens but the truth. But when we've got a cause, we understand what heaven is all about. We understand that God wants every person in his family. He loves them that much. Even that guy at work that you can't stand, God is insanely in love with him. When we understand that, we get an incredible cause. Wow. And that cause, we can't hold it to ourselves the truth to ourselves anymore we must tell them because they've got to know they've got to be shown what the truth is like they've got to be proven that it's really new and when we've got that cause out there wow maybe they might embrace it and understand there is a god who loves them and they become part of god's family you understand that's the ultimate don't you that's all god wants what does god want he just wants everybody in his family forever that's it then we all get together and make earth better. Can you imagine right now if Dave, through all of his wisdom, found the answer to COVID-19 and told nobody? 
we think he's insane, right? Imagine that. Can you imagine? Mr. Prime Minister, guess what? Found it. Do you think the world would be happy with that? That you actually told them that you have the cure? They wouldn't be happy if you didn't tell them. We have the cure for death. We have eternal life. We have truth. For those who don't feel loved, we have love. Acceptance. For those who think they could never be forgiven, guess what? We know the way. So often we hide it to ourselves. And the reason why we hide it to ourselves, Andrew, is because we don't see the cause. We're basically David walking around on the rooftops. Yeah, well, that was a great fight many years ago. And we talk about the old fights. But we've lost our cause. Come on, church, what's your cause? The broken of this world needs you to have a cause. Something bigger than just our life. Something bigger than just our issues. Something bigger than just, you know. Jesus meets this lady at the, at the well. Samaritan lady and... He set the meeting up. It's just wonderful stuff. And he actually just shows her the love of God. He had a cause. And I like what he says to his disciples straight after that. Don't say there's still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for the harvest. Do you understand? When wheat is white, you better get it off the next day, otherwise it's going to rot. That's why he says white, not ripe. I used to always say it was ripe. I got in trouble all the time for, you know, not in trouble. Memory verse prizes, I never got them because I said ripe. (laughs) They're white. They're ready. They're ready to be taken. Will you lift up your eyes and see? There's the cause. There's the cause. I remember Pastor Jack Haynes when I was a youth pastor. He was my pastor and... He wanted to develop my preaching and he said, Ricky, I want you to start preaching. Don't call me Ricky. We have a Ricky and he's doing a really good with the name. But um, he said, Ricky, if you really want to preach in my pulpit, you've got to have a broken heart for lost people. I said, I've got that. Really, what he was saying is you've got to have a cause. I thought I had one. And one day, I remember I'd know exactly where I was. I was driving my little car I looked over and I saw this family of five. Mum, dad, pram, baby, and a little toddler. And um, two, in, two kids in the pram. And I remember God saying to me, Rick, they will not experience my love unless someone tells them. And I thought, yeah, that's nice. And then I looked at them again. I just began to weep. And it was one of those things that wasn't me feeling sad. It wasn't me feeling emotional. It was just, I think it was my spirit or the Holy Spirit within me. And all of a sudden it ached. It ached that they didn't know. It ached. And I found myself on the side just not really knowing what to do with that. But what God was doing, he was smashing my heart for lost people. All of a sudden, I'd be a youth pastor and I'd be preaching and it would really annoy me if no one came to Christ. And it wasn't annoyance of, oh, how dare they? No, it was like, there were people here who didn't know Jesus, who walked out of the room not knowing Jesus. What changed? The cause. The broken heart for the lost. The broken heart for the broken. You see, I could play the game. 
I could, I could get up here and preach a sermon and, and get you laughing and doing all the, you know, I could be a performing bear. Counts for nothing without a broken heart, without a cause. Pastor Jack knew that and I thank him and nearly every time I see him, thank you. Because he gave me a passion for lost people. Because guess what? That's what Jesus had. He turns to a tax collector who is despised by everybody and says, I'm coming to your place for lunch. Why? Because there's a cause. He saw a broken man who needed to know the truth. Wow. You see, the broken need to hear it and we have it. Why not share it? <clears throat> I remember once seeing a skit Back in the 80s, we were really good at these really confronting skits. And um, it was about these mates at school who used to play basketball together. and They were just great, you know, and fantastic friends. And one of them was born-again Christian. He used to go off the youth. And, but at school, he was just a mate. He was a really good friend. He was kind, and everyone knew he was a Christian and everything. And then one day, they were in an accident together. And every one of them perished, all four. And you're taken to just before heaven. And there's a point where the beamer seat, the judgment seat, where separating people who know Christ, who live for Christ, and those who hadn't, depart from me, I never knew you. Anyway, one of these guys, the Christian guy, he's, Jesus, wow, so good to be here. And he starts walking over to where all the believers are, you know, and and he's made, then, he, then he realizes something. He's three mates. Oh my goodness. This is that moment. And the penny drops for them. Then all of a sudden, Jesus says, sorry, depart from me. I didn't know you. And they begin to walk over. And one of them stops, looks around, sees his mate together and says, why didn't you tell me? I've got to tell you, that kept me awake all night, that one. Now, I don't want to condemn, but there's a lot of truth in that. We have the cure for eternal death. And it's only the cause that gets it out. Amen? You need a cause. The people who are broken need you to have a cause. Thirdly, this, before we finish up, the Father asks you to have a cause. 2 Peter 3.9, this means that, contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promise to return. He's not delaying for no reason, as some measure, lateness, but rather, his delay simply reveals his loving patience towards you because he does not want any to perish, but to all to come to repentance. He wants all to turn to him. Repentance means turn. He wants everyone, he just doesn't want anyone to perish. This is the Father who wants everyone in his kingdom, everyone in his family. That's why he got called Father. He could have been called Giraffe, Hippo. Could have been called Black. But he was called father. Jesus came to reveal he's a dad. And he wants you, his children, everyone, 
not just the church. Everyone. This is his heart. He sees the cause every day, every moment of every day. He sees the cause. I've, I'm sure I've said this story several times, but it impacted me so much. We had to fly through Calcutta, stopover. We had about six hours stopover in Calcutta. Being a cricket fan as I am, I like to go and check out Indian places and because um, you, know, you, you see it on TV and all that sort of thing. And, and there was a marketplace right near the Eden Gardens where the crickets played. Let's go there. We made the mistake of not estimating <laughs> um, Indian traffic. It's like Cambodia times about 10. It's all over the shop, man. It's crazy. And coming back, we were running late and we're going to miss our flight. He said, oh, I know a way. And, he's, and the taxi said, we'll go around through the slums. The slums of Calcutta. They're actually quite famous. That's where Mother Teresa spent all of her time. In the slums of Calcutta. We drove past them. And I remember sitting in the cab looking out amongst them. Everything was one colour. That's what struck me. That satellite dishes and everything, but everything was just one colour. Wow. And I see these people sitting there and they're, they're, they're enjoying their lives, you know. And I remember God speaking to me. He says, Rick, I know every one of their names. There were thousands of them. I know every one of their names. And I love them. But they don't know that. I started crying. It beat me up. It wrecked me. I got a grasp of the Father's heart for people I don't even know, didn't even know existed, really. But he does. And he sees them every day. The lost. Yeah, in the slums is pretty bad, but he knows the guy down the road here who got hooked on ice last three months ago. And he knows his name too. He knows the young mum uh, that way who's struggling because she doesn't know how she's going to make it with all these kids. She knows her. He knows her. He also knows the name of this guy who owns his own business, who's got it all together, looks like, but he actually doesn't because he really lacks something in his life and he's wondering whether life's even worth it. God knows his name. And he loves him. But he doesn't know that. The church has got to live with a cause. We've got to live. Would you lift up your eyes and see the cause? The Father's asking us, would you? Would you? In fact, he's put all of his eggs in the basket called church. He has. Every there and now and then you see Jesus gives people a dream, which is pretty cool. But mainly he's left all the eggs in the basket. Church, would you go? Would you share it? Share the good news. Share this really good news that God no longer holds their sin against them. That he will forgive them totally. And they can be part of his family experiencing him forever. That's a simple gospel. That's the gospel. You know, church, we're called to go. The go is totally reliant on the cause. Because without a cause, we don't go. Without a cause, we come. And we worship. And we love each other. We're really good at that. Elbow tapping. Kicking on the foot. I like it, that one. As an introvert, I'm loving that. 
We're really good at come, aren't we? We're fantastic. You don't need a cause in which to come. Although that's probably an argument for some people. Oh, I might come to church. Is it Easter yet? (laughs) A cause determines whether we go. Because without a cause, you'll never go. What's your cause? What's your cause? I reckon, I planned this message. I prepared it long before I knew anything about any viruses and stuff like that. But I think it's very succinct. Never before has a cause been in front of us like it has now. Wow. Can you see the cause? All of a sudden, my issues don't seem so debilitating because I have a cause. All of a sudden, you know, the trials that I might have to go through aren't such trials because I've got a cause. All of a sudden, what that person said is not going to impact me because my cause overrides that. It's hard to get offended when you've got a cause. What's your cause? Yours might be slightly different to mine. It'll all, it'll all carry the truth. But it might be different. It might be different. Many of you know I have the honour of, and I call it an honour, of being part of Windsor High School on Thursday during the day. And I've got to tell you, my goodness, the cause is everywhere. It's everywhere. And congratulations to the students who are in there. Well done, guys. You're doing awesome. You're really a, you're shining light, man. Don't ever get discouraged because light's shining. It's beautiful. That school has changed in the last two years since I've been going in. But I'll tell you what, I see the cause, I hear the cause. Sat down and talked with a young man today. I'm not going to tell you the story, but my goodness, I sat there and thought, I never thought I'd ever hear this story for real. But you know what? He's going to make it. Because he's got someone talking to who has a cause. What's your cause? When you go to work tomorrow, if it hasn't closed out, school tomorrow, uni, when you think about your neighbour, would you reconsider them as part of the cause? Would you reconsider that? Because I think right now is a perfect time for the church to rise up in its cause. Yes, we will bring comfort. Yes, we will feed the poor. That's exactly what Jesus wants us to do. Oh, we will keep doing that. We will, we will look after the orphans, the widows, and everyone else if we can. We're going to do that. We get, I hope that increases. Yes, we will do that. Karen's doing incredible work with the bushfire victims up there at Bilpin, and, and much more than just that. She's doing incredible work. It's fantastic, and we're going to help her with that. There's so much going on. We're going to continue doing that. But we can't forget the cause. Ultimately, it's the truth. Amen? Amen. I just want to say just before I hand the service over, I'm going to pray for us. In times of crisis, you really need to make sure you're close to the church. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, the context of it is this. The, church is, the Christians are getting persecuted. They're losing their lives they're getting jailed, right? They're getting beaten. And Paul says this, or whoever wrote Hebrews, I think it was Paul, but Adam would disagree with me on that, I'm sure. Turns around and says, don't forsake meeting together. 
Don't stop meeting together. Don't do that. Because you need to encourage one another. You need to keep the cause in front of each other. Don't stop doing that. And the problem in our modern day world is several of us could go weeks without connecting with church. What's that? You're actually not protecting yourself. It's the opposite to the covo. You need the encouragement. Now, thank God there's not 500 people here. We can do this again next week. It's great. Yeah. But we don't know what's going to happen the week after. Right? Maybe we can have to meet in groups of 20. Why don't we do that? It's going to require everyone to say, okay, I'll get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to do this. Like the early church who were being oppressed. If they got together with five or 600 people, they probably would have been killed. <laughs> yeah? Maybe. But they met in houses. Why? One, there's probably no big rooms. But two, they can encourage one another. So don't take this time to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to isolate. If you're sick, that's a good idea. Two, 14 days. But it doesn't mean you can't communicate with someone face-to-face on a device. Connect to your church. Connect to your church. If you're not feeling connected now, connect. Don't wait for someone to connect with you. You connect with them because they're probably wondering why no one's connecting with them. Let's connect together. Amen. Come on, let's all stand. I want to pray for you. Holy Spirit's here. What's your cause? Is there not a cause? David said, for this cause I have come into the world. For this cause I live. That those would know the truth. Holy Spirit. Come on, everyone. Why don't you just look to God right now? That same Holy Spirit who brought you to salvation. That same Spirit that renewed you to a point of being born again, a new creation. Why don't you just look to Him right now? Father, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Spirit, would you just right now just begin to anoint every person with your presence? Like the oil. Lord, let it pour down upon every person right now. Now, Lord, while you're here, would you just show us the cause? Every person's cause. Something for them to live for. Something for them to get out of bed for, to fight for. Would you show every person what that is? A dream or a vision? in a word would you begin to speak to every person here right now some of you are getting a cause which you think is way out of your depth do you know what that's the sort of cause you want because you need God to get you there you've got to have God you don't want to be able to do it without God wow now Holy Spirit would you just bring a peace on that Every person. Ha ha. Ha ha. Lord, may your truth spread faster than any virus. May your truth spread deeper than any sickness. May your truth, Lord God, be profound right across our nation. Lord, I lift up our nation to you right now. Protect our nation. 
This is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. It was named that before any other name. And Lord God, we call it that. And we declare this nation belongs to you. We, we say to every principality and power, today you don't own this. It belongs to our Savior Jesus Christ forever now. We claim it right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, we pray for wisdom on our leaders. We pray for wisdom on all the world leaders right now. Lord, I pray those that have this virus will be healed. Lord, those without, especially our elderly, Lord God, they will be protected, hand of protection upon them. Thank you, Father. Let wisdom be in our heads and our, and our actions. Lord, help us, Lord God, to be the church with the truth at this time. Lord, we love you and we give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a seat.